The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with New York Times bestselling author, motivational speaker, and celebrity dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. Hey, Dr. Bill here. Welcome to another Meet the Mentor. You guys, our records are exploding. Like, I keep cracking up. I think we're number one in Poland now. We're number three in Finland. We're in the top um, seven. Uh, sorry. Yeah, we're in the top 107 countries, and we're something like 94th out of 47,000 podcasts in the U.S. So thank you, thank you for listening. Tell your friends to listen. More importantly, though, this is a precursor for LEAP. LEAP is going to be July 19th to the 25th at UCLA this year. We have an amazing lineup of speakers. We may get Usher. We'll definitely get somebody from Pentatonix. I'm talking to Sir Anthony Hopkins again. I think he may be able to make it again. And we'll have a ton of amazing, great business leaders, entrepreneurs. I'm trying to get Apollo Ono to come back. And I think I have an Olympic athlete who's going to win at the Olympics in Japan. I'm sure he's going to, um, to come as well. So there should be some really, really great speakers. And remember, the last day of Leap on that Friday... We do a mentor workshop where we'll have a hundred different professionals. Hopefully Noah will come back. hundred percent. And you sit at a table and you just get to ask these professionals everything you want to know about their business, what they like, what they don't like, how they became successful. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, another thing I want to remind you, April 29th. At the beautiful Muppet Studio, we are going to have our second annual gala. So please, please, please go online, get a ticket, come, uh, bring your friends. We'll have amazing entertainment. I'm talking to a few of my um, celebrity uh, singing clients and patients to see if they'll show up, but we will have great entertainment. I know Kermit's going to be there and he's going to do a great comedy act and we'll have a few others. So please go online and check out for the second leap gala. That will be April 29th. Okay. Now our mentor today is my friend and patient. We actually just came from the office. My teeth are looking good. Look how good (laughs) he does great work. Thank you, Noah. (laughs) This is Noah Bremen. Um, He's the founder of Be Direct Companies. It's an industry-leading retail sales and marketing force behind many of the nation's hottest products and brands, including 5-Hour Energy, Beats by Dre, Vita Coca. Vita Coca. Vita Coca, sorry. Nutribullet, Muscle Milk, amongst many others. He was born in Detroit. Raised in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. Uh, he graduated from Michigan State University where he studied marketing and advertising and played collegiate baseball. And so tell me how you started your business. Like what was your kind of your entry into the whole marketing world? Yeah. So, I mean, my dad, fortunately enough, used to sell brands and sell products to Kmart. So I grew up in the business. And one of the things I learned from my dad was like, he just had fun, man. He loved doing what he was doing. So, 
you know, after my baseball career at Michigan State, I was maybe going to be an actor out in L.A. So I came out to L.A. and, you know, I realized pretty quickly that, you know, I didn't want to be broke. So I'm like, you know what, let's let's get into something that I saw my dad do and had such enjoyment and had such such success. So I started working with the guy who created Thighmaster. OK, and Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Summers For was part of, of it. Yes. Too young. There was a very popular show called Three's Company. Suzanne Summers was the blonde bomb. Hot blonde. Show, had amazing right? thighs. Right. And so, you know, they needed a young guy to go out and sell their their product to the world's largest retailers, the Walmarts, the Targets, the Kmarts at the time. And I was that guy. And after a couple of years, I'm like, you know what? what, I mean, what kind of background did you have in sales or was it just watching your dad? No, you know, it it was a combination. It was it was first of all, I loved working hard. Right. At the end of the day, like I grew up, like I would sell stuff on the corner at at, at Michigan State, like I would be selling T-shirts or hats, whatever it was like I was there to hustle, period, end of story. And so and I saw my dad do that. And so that was kind of like the start of, hey, you know what you want to start selling? And I meet the guy who created Thy Master. And it's like they saw that in me. And And, you know what I got to say? No matter what you do in life, if you want to make money. Yeah. You're selling something like For I sure. don't care if you're a scientist or even a dentist, like I'm selling dentistry. So 100%. learn how to sell early, like the any experience you could get in sales jobs. I think it's worth it. It has to be. Listen, at the end of the day. For the most part, you're in a people business. Like you got to learn how to connect with people. You got to learn how to talk to them. You got to learn how to sell something like that's just I was raised that way. Thank God my dad was, that's who he was. And so I learned from a great salesman and I applied it to every single thing that I've done. So your first big product was yeah. Thighmaster. That was the first big one that I actually so worked for a like company. this young guy walking into Walmart yeah. saying, buy this? Yeah. How I'm do like, you do it? So, I mean, with that brand, which was amazing, like, you know, that's when the TV business, business was in its infancy. So, you know what? It was so hot and everybody wanted it. So that one was kind of an easy sale. Like that was, that was like, how many can you get? Let's get this going. And you know what I mean? That was, that was an easy one. Right. But like, as it kind of got going, like I, you know, I, I realized like, Hey, you know what? I want to be involved with all the disruptive brands. Like, so the next one that I found was the Razor Scooter. I don't know if you Huge. remember the ra- yeah, Razor Scooter, the Metallic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like literally just being very observant of what was happening and what kids were into and what was going on. It was kind of near, near like the dot-com craze. Like that was kind of the badge of honors that I would scoot everywhere. And I met the guy, you know, from honestly from networking, right? Like networking right. is a big deal. So I was networking with a lot of different companies and, and they're like, Hey, have you seen this, this Razor Scooter? I guess it was the number one seller on Sharper Image. And I'm like, let me meet these guys. And so I met them and, and, and I said, hey, let me represent you around the country. But the thing is, so you guys have like, um, what, like 30 employees out by Walmart. No, actually 65 employees in Bentonville. Out yeah. there and then yes. 30 more here. 30 in right? Los Angeles, yes. And so, but you're not just selling. I mean, yeah. you guys are kind of a 360 full service yeah, marketing I mean, company. W- what are all these employees doing? Yeah, so I mean, listen, at, at the, when in Bentonville, Arkansas, we are really focused on managing these business, these clients' businesses at Walmart. Walmart is, you know, the world's biggest retailer. So you better be, I mean, you can't be out of stock. You better be shipping. So your logistics have to be on point. You have to make sure that when you're presenting to Walmart that you're doing it the right way. 
And, and so we advise and guide our clients to make sure they're the best, right? So like when you go to Bentonville, Arkansas, there's like 2,500 um, teams on the ground there, right? So Procter & Gamble has 400 people that's just working with Walmart. And so for small to medium-sized brands, we act as their team on the ground. It, it, it's such an intricate business. People don't even understand, like when we were selling yeah. our dental products yeah. in Walmart. Yeah. Which I whole, helped get you in. Yeah. It's yeah. a whole committee, like a planogram. Like what is a, a planogram? Actually, there is a science between where on the shelf you put each item and Absolutely. it's all based on sales. So you want the stuff that is going to move the most right at eye level. hundred percent. Right? And then the stuff that isn't being sold as much gets lower and lower or higher and higher. And so there's a whole team of people that apply all this scientific knowledge as to where you actually sell. And they plan this out a year in advance. Yeah. So we have, so our team, is fighting for shelf space for our clients. We're fighting every day. We're fighting for displays. We're fighting for promotions. And that's what we're doing, right? So that's a big win. If you're a small to medium-sized company, if you're going up against a Procter & Gamble for shelf space, like you better be on point, right? So Let me ask you this. What would you say in your career was the one product that was probably the most challenging, but you had like the biggest win on? Like one where everybody said like, no, Noah, Believe it or not, five hour energy for whatever, for whatever reason. And this was kind of the beginning. They didn't really understand it. Okay. And the, the buyers at that particular time thought it tasted terrible. They didn't understand that people really loved the impact and loved the energy of what it gave, but they just didn't get it. And so we literally had a hammer at a and, and, and I'll never forget when the buyer was like, all right, I'm going to test this. And we tested in a thousand stores. And it literally was absolutely huge. When we stopped working with them, they were doing $300 million at just Walmart. So $300 million in sales wow. from zero. When, and the buyer thought because of the taste, it was just his opinion, it was not going to do well. And he was dead wrong. Time for a new buyer. Time for a new buyer, believe it or not. But that's that's what we do, right? We keep pushing. We keep fighting for brands. And because you would think five hour energy, which was been which was super successful at C stores, that particular buyer didn't see it for the mass customer. So where are you getting products? Like are people coming and pitching you or are you out researching, looking for like the next big thing? Yeah. I mean, it's a combination of both, but really when we have our big successes, it's when I'm very intimately involved in looking for the next big disruptive brand and they can come from anywhere really like, you know, Beats by Dre. I just happened to be friends with someone that was, you know, friends with Jimmy Iovine. Right. And so that was a very cool, unique experience, but I had never sold anything really in you electronics. Know they bought my building. No, I didn't know. Yeah, that. right. That's across amazing. The street. Wow. From Smashbox. That's in Culver City. Oh, okay. That's yeah, they, yeah. That was my building. Wow. That's, that's where awesome. Discus was. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> See how that's full circle, and that was one of the biggest, and that was a unique situation because Beats by Dre was already in Walmart. Okay, but they just weren't merchandised right, and I'll never forget Jimmy Iovine goes Noah. If this is not merchandised correctly, right? If you don't fix this soon, I'm going to pull out of Walmart because I don't want my brand to be represented this way. And so we had long talks with Walmart. We discussed how it was going to be merchandised, how it was going to be placed, how the display was going to look so the Walmart consumer could get it. 
and understand it. And so they went from doing maybe five or six million dollars to I think at the end when Apple bought them, they were doing about two hundred and seventy-five million just at Walmart. Amazing. So and you know, I think yeah. one of the things too that you have to really realize is just because you have a successful business in a niche, the only way to keep that business successful is to evolve. And so whereas Walmart was kind of the whole business. Now, a lot of your business is Amazon, right? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a completely different strategy. Yeah, it's completely different with Amazon. Like, I mean, especially on the third party marketplace, I mean, you have to be uploading content, you have to be up, you know, changing price points, you have to be working in a literally 24 seven, uh, omni channel approach. And, that's really what makes it different. So we have actually, we have, we have 30 people in LA, but we have 30 people in India because we have to have people that are constantly. No kidding. Yeah. So it's, it's becoming a worldwide deal. Amazon is, is incredible how much you can do, but you have to stay on it every second of every day. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So if a student out there says, no, I love what you're doing yeah. and I want to grow up and be just like you and yeah. do this. What, what would you say, like take marketing classes? Like, yeah, I mean, I think, listen, I think, I think there's a combination marketing and advertising is definitely like, you need to know the hook of what these brands represent and why they're winning and why they're reaching consumer, right? At the end of the day, each one of these brands that we work with, they've touched a consumer in a particular way. Right. And so you have to understand the basic marketing principles and basic advertising commensals. But another thing, I mean, this is a, I'm in a people business. You got to be able to be social. You got to be able to be out there. You got to be able to understand where trends are coming from and how to kind of react and, and, and understand what your place with, within those trends can be. Right. So really understanding how you can help um, these particular brands, but understand the basics. of. But, but if I said like, give me a blueprint, like yeah. I, I, I'm starting college today yeah. and I want to go into marketing and do exactly what you're doing. What steps would you take? So, I, I mean, the, the way I went, I mean, I was really, a, I loved advertising. I loved marketing. I loved like writing copy. I lo- actually really liked and, and, and enjoyed like what the messaging and marketing message can be, what, how packaging looked like, like, why is that going to pop off the shelf? Those are things that I really enjoyed. And so I would really, I would, I would tell somebody coming up, like, really understand that, like really understand, you know, why a marketing message is there. So I would definitely take marketing classes, but I, but again, like the hustle part of the business, and that means really being a student, really working hard, like that has to be part of your DNA. Like you have to really enjoy, I believe in, in having real passion for what you do and it can't feel like work. It has to feel like fun, right? Yeah. Because Everything, ha- you know, listen, you're not always going to get the right brand. You're not always going to get the right answer that you want. So you have to have fun at what you're doing and it doesn't feel like work. Would you say that that's probably your like secret sauce? A hundred percent. That That is 100% my secret sauce. I enjoy what I do. I think it shows when I'm talking about it, when I'm meeting with buyers, when I'm meeting with brands is they see that I'm truly passionate about it. I'm not going to sell something I don't believe in. One of the things that yeah. I really preach at Leap is yeah. to copy genius. Yeah. And one of my favorite podcasts is how I built this. Yeah. And he always asks this question. So I'm going to copy genius and ask you the same question. Yeah. How much of your success do you think was based on hard work and how much on luck? I think hard work makes luck, period. I really do. I think, you know, taking that extra meeting, meeting that extra person, <clears throat> you know, being observant, 
um, of where you are and your surroundings. Like that's, you know, all encompassing of what has made me, you know, get lucky, I guess, right. Is by that hard work. So I think it's, you have to have the hard work to get lucky. I don't know if this is an uncomfortable question. Don't answer it. But annually, how much do you guys, are you responsible for in sales a year? Yeah. I mean, yeah, close to, you know, a year, like two and a half to 3 billion. Right. So <laughs> dude, that's nuts. Yeah. So listen, we sell a lot of stuff. Thank God. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we work hard. Right. And, and, you know, and a lot of these brands do great and we, we sell them at, you know, the masses, the, the masses around the world, right. Amazon and Walmart, you can't sell more stuff. So, you know, we, we sell a lot of product, which is good. If you could basically like wave a magic wand yeah. and tell me, this is what my company is going to look like in five years. Yeah. What would that look like? Yeah. I mean, it's really, so I'm obsessed now with the direct to consumer business, right? Like I think everything's about like just being hyper focused on the consumer. Right. And so now with all the technologies and social network, social marketing and every aspect and all the tools you can use, you can reach your consumer one person at a time. And that's where it's at. Things are personalized. So I think we're going to be really focused on, on that. We're going to be focused on investing in a lot of those type of brands, right? The Smile Direct Clubs, the Harry's, the Romans. I mean, these are brands that we're working with. These are brands that we've invested in. Like these are brands that we are all about. And so I think that's going to be, you know, next five years, I think it's going to be very interesting to see. And I think also just experiential brands, brands that like not only are you, you know, having, using them and working with them, but you're experiencing something with them, right? Because retail is yeah. evolving, right? Right? Because you can buy stuff. For, we could be buying stuff right now, right? And you know, but you got you, how are you going to get in the store? You got to experience stuff, right? And so I think that's what's going to be what's happening in the next five years. Any other words of wisdom that you'd like to give our students out there? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the death of Kobe Bryant, which who was a huge mentor for me. You know, if you read up on the Mamba mentality. I think it's really interesting. I think there's there's some some really cool advice that he gives, which is really focus in working on the things that you love and to be great at what you're in love with, right? Yeah, and I'll tell you something else even deeper with that is, you know, we need to live each day yeah. to the fullest. For sure. Because Kobe didn't wake up that morning knowing this was his last day for sure. And you know, I'm 61 now and oh. I go to By my the way, you look great. 61. Thanks. That's crazy. How's your vision? <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. I thought you were like 41. That's unbelievable. And you know, I go to my, I go to my high school reunions and I look at these people. Now we're all in our sixties that never really did anything in their life. Yeah. You know, like they would have, they could have, they had ideas don't sit and just let your ideas go to waste. Do them. You know, this is not a dress rehearsal for yeah. something else. You know, I mean, Colby lived life to the max. For sure. You know, and I mean, unfortunately, we lost him way, way, way too early. But I bet if he was sitting here, he would say, you know, I live my life to the fullest. And, 100%. And, and, and we all have to do that. So with that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to end on a sad note, but yeah. it's a really motivational. I'm telling you that just the words that he uses, I would definitely um, look yeah. at that yeah. and read he about was it. iconic. And yeah. you know, the other thing too, I love the way 
he thought about failure the same way I do is that so many people are afraid to fail and it's just a perspective. And my whole thing is I never fail, never. And I'm not cocky. The thing I'm saying is you only fail when you quit. For sure. If you try something and it doesn't come out the way you want, that's not failure. That's practice. You're learning. Kobe practiced a lot, you know? So just practice and practice and practice till you get it right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Noah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Um, We will have Noah as a mentor at the Meet the Mentor. Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Leap Foundation, on Instagram at Leap Foundation, and on Twitter at Leap Los Angeles. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.